0: You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Yeah! I'm going yeah!
0: to be iconic. Say you want to make
1: it. Welcome Flight Deck. Podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am your host, Tim Capper.
0: You can find me on X at repack R E P P A C T—and I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on X at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBluff. Where, if you go and use the promo code AL'S FLIGHT DECK TEN at checkout, you will save ten percent off your entire order head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com, use the promo code, save some money, buy some great merch, and as always, support local.
1: Hey, don't worry if you missed an episode of the past uh, Alouette's Flight Deck podcast. You can check out our archive over at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can also find us on X, formerly Twitter, at Alouette's FL Deck. Facebook, you can find us over at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Instagram over at Allowitz Flight Deck, and you can also find us too on Threads at Allowitz Flight Deck. Uh, YouTube, you can find all of our past uh, archives of our live episodes and a uh, also of our the audio version of this podcast. Also, you can go to YouTube.com/slash Flight Deck. And uh, lastly, do not forget if you're looking to rep. The merchant rep the podcast with merchandise of our own. You can head over to www.flightdeckgear.ca and rep us on this coming Sunday. Wear one alouettes, wear us underneath it, something like that. You know, rep us during the game. I don't know. Maybe somebody will ask you what, what that logo is, and then you can tell them, and, and you can. You know, it's kind of like a, a bring a friend type of thing, Cliff. You know, one friend brings another and brings another and brings another, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we get some new listeners for the podcast. Why not? Right.
0: hundred percent. And yes, we definitely appreciate each and every one of you that likes, subscribes, uh, follows, ho- however it is that you're enjoying the Alois Flight Deck. We appreciate each and every one of you doing that. Make sure you tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell everybody about the Alois Flight Deck. Also, real quickly,
1: you can find us on Blue Sky. Also, it would be at just for at Refact, at Cliffy D, and at Alouette's FL deck. So you can find us there. Uh, we are taping this on an earlier day because we have a busy week ahead of us, um, and I'm sure as you can tell by how we're. <laughs> how we are doing so far that we are really struggling <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh and considering dude considering dude that you drove wow you know uh, my 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 thoughts to you buddy I mean it's so much driving but all of us are just us and our significant others it was a hell of a weekend in T.O., but man uh, then you know the day that we're taping this on on the Monday even though you're probably listening listening to this on the Tuesday um yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was just such an experience in itself, you know, being able to see the Owls play in the Eastern final in TO and coming away with a, uh, a result completely different than it was
0: in 2022. What a difference a year makes. I think that is a very bold yet apropos statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, this and, time last and maybe year... maybe even the title of this podcast. <laughs> oh, I got ideas for the title of this podcast. Ah. But, yeah. but, yeah, this time last year, yeah, we go to Toronto, watch the Alouettes come within a converted touchdown away from being in the Grey Cup game. And it was a bitter pill to swallow. I mean, this, this team gone through trials and tribulations. Uh, it was a bit of a crazy year last year, but they somehow came together. They made a, And you th- you thought, okay, yeah, it sucks. They lost. But there's always next year. There's always the opportunity to get better. There's always, you know, if, if this team stays the way it is right now, this could be a competitive team. This could be a team that, you know, can, can do something special. Well, <laughs> We had quite the Mm off-season where everything got turned on its ear. A lot of those key players that were in that Eastern final last year flew the coop, so to speak, were replaced with uh, other players, other notable players, uh, a new head coach, a new president and CEO, Mm -hmm. a new owner, (laughs) another one of those WTF moments uh, that kind of came about during the offseason a lot of things changed so much since November 2022 for this Montreal Alouettes organization and there is a lot of doubt there is a lot of concern there is a lot of people saying this is not good like what's going on with the Alouettes is not good it's it's terrible like the, the doom and gloom is back the you know like this is going to be a, a, another train wreck Another dumpster fire. All these terrible things people were saying about this team. But something happened to him. And it took a little while to get to where we are today. But through determination, perseverance, any number of adjectives I can can come up with to describe what this Alouettes team went through, it was all worth it. Because the Montreal Alouettes, this Sunday, will be playing... In the 110th Grey Cup game. Against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Almost nobody in the world could have foreseen this coming. And my God. What a game to get there. What an absolute mind F of a game. To, to, to be a, a witness to. I mean if I hadn't seen it there live at BMO Field with my own two eyes. I don't think I would have believed it. I would like. Is this real life? Is, is is this really happening? Like, just it's it, it's incredible. It was absolutely incredible just how the Montreal Alouettes managed to beat the sixteen and two and defending Grey Cup champion Toronto yeah. Argonauts on their own turf, and not just beat them, not just you know squeaked by with a win. I mean, they 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 punked them. They they beat them. They 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 were dominant. They just. Chad Kelly and company had literally no answer for this Alouettes team. It was absolutely uh, unbelievable. I think that's the best way to describe it would be unbelievable. Like, this is just, wow. Wow. Like, we we, we were sitting in that stadium in a state of shock. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, elation, of course. Like, don't get us wrong. We were very, very excited that the Alouettes are going to be playing for the Great Cup. But we're still looking at each other like, did this – is this real like is is this really happening the way that it is it, it's i mean my god i mean <laughs> there's really no other way to describe it it's just absolute. No, chad, yeah chad I, kelly did, did didn't eat his fluty flakes <laughs> no chad listen i i've been saying like you know chad kelly proved a lot to a lot of people this year and he is i'll, I'll still say he is very much a phenomenal quarterback but he picked a bad day to have a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alouettes
1: beat the Argos, beat all the prognosticators, beat all the pundits, beat the line. thirty-eight seventeen over the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, you know, not everything was perfect, but it didn't need to be because it's how... It's how the Alouettes did it and they overcame uh, a shaky offensive line. Um, you know, they did things earlier that they'd done earlier in the year for the Argo against the Argos, which they're able to pull off again. You know, this team, it was just... I don't want to use the word decimate. I mean, the Alves really did decimate these Argos. I mean, this, remember this is a, a a record-setting Argos team, sixteen and two coming into the game. Only the second team in CFL history to win sixteen games in a regular season. But oh, Cliff! Oh, but oh, the <laughs> that little thing called the curse of nineteen eighty nine rears its ugly head for the second time. Where a 16 win team, regular season's wins does not advance to the Grey Cup.
0: It 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 sounds incredible. I mean, you think, okay, 16 wins, two losses, like this should be a foregone conclusion. Uh, And truthfully, a lot of people had said, okay, the, the Argos have gone too done too much, have gone too far. There, there's no way that they're not going to be in the Grey Cup. It's it, sorry. I mean, Montreal fans should be very happy that they, their team made it this far. And some would even suggest luck, which is you know absolutely ridiculous to say. But I think just you know be happy that you made it this far. You should be very proud of the fact you made it this far. But mm-hmm. this Alouettes team wasn't subscribing to that. They were not just happy to be there, as they say. They knew once they once they beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Eastern semifinal. Once they went on that incredible run to finish the, 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 the regular season, they knew, like, we're good. We are a good football team, and we're going to show everyone. If people are still doubting us, guess what? We're going to show you, and show you they did. I mean, this this Alwitz team really is something special. I, and I'm, I'm talking about all three facets of the ball. I mean, offense, defense, special teams. but And they're not done yet. They're not
1: done yet. And Biden, and this this all started, by the way. You know, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, Tim, you're grasping at straws here when you say this. But, you know, first, we found out that the Alouettes were going to wear their red jerseys, their, their new alt unis, on the road. And I had to look it up real quick because we were in stadium when we saw this, right, Cliff? You know, we saw mm-hmm. the tweet and then we saw them. And I was like, what? didn't see this happening and i don't know you know i said at some say just history is history but you know the last time they had worn alternate uniforms was in 06 and by the way cliff that was versus toronto oh hmm. and by the way cliff they also beat toronto in 06 <laughs> to go to the Grey cup so whether mm-hmm. they knew history or if it was just a, a, a choice that they did because we we've, we've already found out what they're we'll talk about this once we you know once we get into the quick synopsis of what's coming up for for Saturday uh, for Sunday we already know what they're wearing cuz it's already been announced but yeah it just started off from there and we've had games this year cliff where the owls have started off quick and and, and it, it's this game, I mean, th- this game was on the level of the, uh, the Ty Richards opening pick 6. That that's what this was. You know, except it was you know, it, it wasn't the same result when Tyler Richards got his pick 6. I mean, it, it just it just started off Owls didn't, you know, they didn't win, they won the toss elected for the second half. Argos drove down, AJ, AJ let doing what he does. Mm-hmm. but but the first of many the calendar.
0: <laughs>
1: interception is thrown by Chad Kelly but just was just wasn't any regular uh interception thrown it was a pick six and it was a pick it six <laughs> to to uh to again
0: so yep. And just like he did in Ottawa several weeks ago, the opposing team is threatening in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He reads the mail and goes on a long, long run to the end zone. Yep. 100, I mean, 101 yards. I mean. He just picked this his could... pocket, man.
1: He just picked his the, the receiver's pocket.
0: Oh, I don't think the receiver even had a chance to get a finger on the ball. Like that's how quick the <laughs> quad was, and yeah, Marc Antoine just nabbed it, took it to the house, and once again, there goes the most outstanding Canadian, at least as far as the Eastern teams go. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he he could. There's still a chance he could win the award on 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 Thursday at the CFL Awards in Niagara Falls. But my goodness, I, I again, it it was absolutely. Sensational and caught everybody by surprise and just automatically like set the tone. Like at that point, it was like, oh, oh, okay, this is these are not the same Alouette set. The Argos walked all over back in September at BMO Field. Yeah, you look at the crowd when he went on this pick six on TV.
1: (laughs) You, you, You could tell right away because for a lot of the fans, it just got worse and worse and worse the, the, just the just the reaction just got worse and worse as the game went
0: on so yep i i, I think I'll, i get credit to toronto and the Argonauts organization for packing in well they announced the attendance at 26,000 plus yeah and they were they were coming to watch the argos win and go to the gray cup next week they I, I don't know how how many of these casual fans know about the Argos and how many of them even knew about the Alouettes and what they, what could, they could expect from this team, but there they was never a got of a t- chance to get loud. They never got a chance to get loud during the game, and no. if they did,
1: it was the one t- their first touchdown in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, you're you're, you're kind of burying the lead there. It yeah, the Alouettes defense just mm-hmm. proved how dominant they could be by keeping Chad Kelly. As talented receivers, A.J. Ouellette, Andrew Harris, all of those offensive weapons that the Argonauts have kept them off the score sheet for not one, not two, not three. Yeah, okay, so three, three quarters. It, it, is that, it, does that seem familiar, by the way? That is,
1: that is like a playbook that the Alouettes defense has done so many times in the regular
0: season. And... They did it the week before against Hamilton too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, <laughs> wow!
1: I know. And as as they mentioned before, and, we, and we're we're going to give we're going to make sure that we give the, this defense the, the props that that they they deserve. But you know, we were talking about how this game wasn't perfect. You know, that yeah. first half we've had a couple of these type of first halves this year where, but it, it's been a uh, you know it's been a a, a, a knock them out, drag them out type of first half, and and that's exactly what it was. Hardly any scoring at all. Um, You know, the Owls only had a, a 10-3 lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. But the, really, you know, the score itself is wasn't really indicative of what the first half was at all, was it, Cliff? Because on one side of the ball, uh, you know, the Alouettes um, had, they had four turnovers mm-hmm. in the first half, but it had only seven points to show for. It. But on the other side of the ball, um, you know, the O-line, the Owls' O-line gave up five sacks in the first half. So there was a lot to take in. Even though the Owls were up 10-3 at halftime, there was still a lot to take in and a lot that needed to be done during the halftime break. Um, you know, before the Owls really got going.
0: Yeah, it it was tough sledding for the offense. I mean, Cody Fajardo was able to make some nice plays happen, but more often than not, like he was just getting just steamrolled, essentially, or running into his offensive line and then getting you know tackled uh, for a loss. And too many times he was holding on to the ball and just like sometimes just get rid of the ball. Like he, mm-hmm. he just he he wasn't doing that and just oh. Like, and it, it it's me- part of the
1: mantra I said this year, and I even said I've said it the past couple of weeks. It's the consistently consistent Cody, you know. But it, yeah. Cody cubed, but <laughs> something, man. CQ, yeah, C cubed. So I mean, but uh, but again, you know, were talking about the defense, and, and, and sure things had to be changed up for the offense at, at halftime. But what the defense did in that first half, dude. I mean, as I said, there are four turnovers by the Argos in that first half. Yeah, and turnovers two of them, on downs? Yeah, yeah I about to say, that that's just where I was going. Right. Specifically, those two turnover on downs.
0: Especially two. Driving, I, too, by the way. People got to remember this. They were inside the 20. Yeah, I think even at, at one point, too, there was a goal line stand, and A.J. Olette just got stifled, I believe, twice. Like I think it was the first down and second down. It was just he did his best, but just he was not going to be the, this defense was not going to be denied. Like they they shut they slammed the door on AJ Olet and, and the Argo's offense. And again, you could hear like even the people around us, the Argo fans around us were just like, What the hell? Like what mm-hmm. how how? How? Like you're that close and you can't score? What? And, and we're just like my God, we're, we're, we're watching this defense, this Noel Thorpe defense, just go to yet another level, like just finding something that they had inside themselves and putting it all out there because it, it really is win or go home at this point. So, I mean, they they were not ready to go home, clearly. They, they, they wanted to prove through everyone that they were who they said they were. And my God, this defense just – so many weapons, so many great opportunities, like so, so many incredible plays too. I mean, the, they they were bullying the Argos, like the sixteen and two Argos, who are able to put up on average thirty points per game, and, and they stifled them. They they, they truly throttled them. It, it, it was incredible. I mean, yeah, that first half, you know, score wise. I mean, if you if you like lots of scoring, you were probably bored to tears. But if you like mm-hmm. defensive football, like hard nose smash mouth defensive football. You were getting a lot of that in the first half and the score very much showed like, okay, yeah. uh, Two field goals and a Mark Antoine de pick six. That's your scoring for the first half. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, the Owls, uh, interception, two turnovers on downs
1: and that, uh, fumble, uh, you know, you know, Owls gave it up on uh, the, the Cody Fajardo interception uh, a pass that shouldn't have been thrown. I've said that many, many a time this year on, on on his single interceptions that he's usually had. But mm-hmm. the Owls got it right back on the next play with a uh, – got clarification. We we thought it was going to be a strip sack, but the only reason why it wasn't a strip sack, Cliff, is because the ball went forward and they, got, and they actually gained – it was actually a gain of four yards. Mm. So so it was just a a a, a fumble, a fumble recovery, so – Every, they did what they needed to do, and that, and, but but man, whatever was said at halftime, whatever was said at halftime, this team comes out in the second half, and you, you thought the first half was cool when it came to the defense. Oh my! <laughs> everybody they, got everybody got together finally, offense
0: and defense in that second half. Everybody was eating in that second half defensively. My God, uh. <laughs> what do you
1: what do you put on cooked argonaut?
0: That's a good question, one that uh, I'll be sure to ask on media day (laughs) when I'm in (laughs) Hamilton later this week. (laughs) Maybe sprinkle sprinkle it with a little bit of you know gravy
1: and cheese curds, maybe. I I mean. Mm -hmm we may put ten out of the Argos I don't know <laughs>
0: uh, can you really call it bird food at this point but
1: uh, cuck all having... <laughs> 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 yeah but man I'm, I'm looking at this the, the, the drive chart here for the Argos in the second half man I mean it's like uh, interception interception turnover on downs turnover on downs um You know, I mean, it's – the Owls had a – they had an answer for everything. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: especially, I think, you know, after the – we've seen this happen before. I think it happened last year. Uh, I think – did it happen last year in the East final where uh, blown coverage and the Argos were able to score a long touchdown? This Mm -hmm. happened again this week also. We still don't know where the the coverage broke down. But this time around – the Owls did have an answer for it, and it was from a gentleman that we have come to uh, know and love. He may be small; he's my height. He may be five seven, but James Letcher, man, ever since coming on onto this roster with Jeff Chandler Worthy going down, he's made a name for himself, dude, and bringing that bringing that ball to, to the house. You know, kickoff return for a touchdown. Seeing Boris Bede just—I don't know if you've watched how many times you've watched that play. Boris Bette just got destroyed on that return.
0: <laughs> and James is like, James is like Whoosh, right by him. Like quicker than a hiccup, as they say. I mean, wow. And yet James Letcher, you can measure his height. But his heart, I don't think can be measured. I mean, he he came into, uh, I would say, the perfect storm. I mean, yes, the Alouette's. Over the past couple of years, have been blessed when it came to kick returns or punt return touchdowns. Mario Alfred did a fantastic job for the Alawettes. Yeah. Then it came once when, when he got hurt, in comes Chandler worthy, doesn't skip a beat. He too does amazing things returning the ball, scoring touchdowns, and just being an absolute menace to anyone on special teams. Fortunately, he goes down the injury. Okay, next man up. That's what they talk about all the time, right? Next mm-hmm. man up. Yeah, and the next man up was a guy, as you said, small in stature but huge on heart. Guy that just needed the opportunity. Like you, you, you just got the feeling. I said it before, and I'll say it again. You got the feeling this guy was just primed to break one out, break one off in a in a big way, and he did it in Edmonton against the Elks. He did it against the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the, la- the, se- the regular season finale. At Percival Wolsa Stadium. And you know, he's like, what do you do for an encore? Oh, just you know, kick kick return touchdown for uh you know the Eastern final. I like that 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 that'll work. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Like that's wow. And even with speaking of him afterwards, like he was just still so humble, but you could you could see the elation on his face, like the, the absolute joy knowing that okay, I belong Th- here.
1: This is James Letcher. I know you were talking about the post game, but I, did you watch? Did you watch the Alouettes post game show with Joey Alfieri? He was he he was on it, and he's like a kid in a candy store because his initial reaction when he came to talk to talk to Joey was was priceless. But so then Joey brings on somebody else. And James goes through whatever he does, but then he comes by again and you see him as he's coming by. He looks make sure he looks directly in the camera and gives a little smirk as he walks by. <laughs> I mean, that's the type of dude <laughs> That's the type of dude we love. And we've we've had such a great history when it comes to these little guys. That, oh, God. You know, what shortened stature guys being just absolute menaces when it comes to being, you know, special teams demons. I mean, really have.
0: Oh, oh yeah. It's it's this team i mean there was a time when they were struggling to find a a punt or kick returner that could do something special it it took a while for them to find and and come across like for example the the mario alfords and the chandler worthies but Mm -hmm. in the past yeah this team has always done extremely well with these uh fun-sized shall we say returners (laughs) but like I said, you can't measure heart and these guys have it in spades. And James Letcher is just the latest in that a very strong lineage of Alouette kick returners that are just absolutely phenomenal playmakers. And you got to see it once again during the Eastern final, just yeah. absolutely, absolutely incredible.
1: And if we needed anything else to, to really put a, a an exclamation point on this game, but we're, again, we're not, we're still going to give some huge props to the defense but the, the final nail in the coffin was that uh, Jeshwin Antwi touchdown. Yeah. Uh, do you, I, notice him, do you, you notice in that play that how that play was done? Is, it's just like nobody on the Argos offense, a defense. I don't want to say that they gave up on that play, but Je- uh, that's probably one of the easiest touchdowns Jeshwin's
0: had all year. I, I, I Yeah, he more or less sauntered into the end zone. Yeah. He did so much run in as he just kind of – nice little – a you know, like, nice little strut practically into the end zone. He was untouched. He just – I think at that point, the Argos, they knew they were beat, and there was just – they had nothing left at that point. And credit to Jeshwin. I mean, I think back, like, he, he got involved in that melee with uh, Chris Edwards uh, mm-hmm. in the Eastern semifinal, and we were worried, okay, especially once inadvertently a, a referee got knocked down, like, oh, crap, he's getting suspended. You can't put your hands on on a referee, you just can't do that. Turns out, though, he was accidentally bumped into, like a, a Tiger Cats player bumped into him, who in turn bumped into the referee. So I guess they took that into accord, and Jeshua Jes- Jes- was fined for his participation in that. Donny Brook, and that's all it was was just a fine. Thankfully, no suspension because that meant he got to play, and he delivered the kill shot. Essentially, he he put the final nail in the coffin. He he basically with that, with that touchdown the Alouettes officially punched their ticket to the Grey Cup game on on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the stuff this week again were everything seemed to be set
0: up uh
1: you know because of the defense and the, and the offense, you know, they they took advantage of the opportunities that they were given. I mean, this is an Argos team, dude, that had nine nine total turnovers in this game to the Owls one. I mean, it's you know, uh you know, one led to a snee touchdown, and we're talking the and Ento. There's an there's another dude that we have. He has had such a roller coaster season, but KB and Ento, what a pick six by this dude! You know that this was uh, you know midway through the third quarter, and brought it back to the you know brought it back to the house, man, in 22 yards for uh, for a, for another pick six. I think it's the second time that the Isles have done that this year, having two pick sixes in a single game.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Yep. And who better to have that than KB Ento who during that first time the Alouettes played the Argos at Percival Wilson Stadium? Yeah. He was burnt like toast. Like he,
1: multiple he, times. And if you go back to the archives and the, you'll you <laughs> you'll you'll hear from us. You'll hear it, but he gradually got better, dude. I mean, it's just what a what a way. What a way to to, to just whatever we still don't know. What was said in that bye week that turned him around? And we may I mean, never a, know. A, a switching switching sides—that was one of the things. We uh, know yeah, he was he also do... he was also benched for a week. We do that. We know that too. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what was said that to basically you know flip the switch.
0: Yeah, and you could easily say is from I, I think he was he switched to a field field side from boundary. I, I think that's what coach Thorpe had said that he had done. Mm-hmm. And that made a huge difference in his play. Or maybe it all just kind of came together for him. I mean, it, he had talent. We, we saw in training camp. We saw how talented this kid was and I thought, okay, when he gets, when he gets a chance to play, he's going to do some phenomenal things. And unfortunately those first couple of games that he played in, he, it looked rough. It, he, he looked like a deer in the headlights. he, he was mm-hmm. he had no answer for anything. It was to the point where like why are they even putting this guy out there? like he's just he, he doesn't have it like we, we yeah. thought he had it, but he doesn't have it but you know what like you said, go home during that bye week after getting humiliated by Toronto mm-hmm. comes back clearly a different person, clearly with a different mindset clearly something clicked all of a sudden. And he started playing absolutely outstanding football. He got a pick six against uh, Calgary. I, I mean, he he, just doing outstanding things defensively, uh, interceptions, uh, knockdowns. I mean, he was, he was playing some phenomenal football and for him to get this pick six against the, the Argos, those same Argos that, you know, pants him in that first game. Talk about a full circle moment. Talk about, from one end of the spectrum to the other, for for this young man to to be able to have that, to be able to say yes, I helped my team go to the Grey Cup with that pick six. That, my God, like that—that is a great story in and of its own. I mean, th- this game had lots of great stories, a, a lot of great angles to it, but the idea of K. Bento with a pick six in this game is just mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't give props to everybody who who got into the interception parade. It was like Oprah, except it was Chad Kelly. You get an interception, and you get an interception, and you get an interception. <laughs> Donald Sankey, talk about Marc-Antoine Ducroix with his pick six uh, in the first quarter. Kevin Entos, his 22-yard return, uh, pick six. And also, uh, you know, who should be in our opinion, was still again? Yes, we may be a little bitter about this one. Reggie Stubb- Stubblefield, his, mm-hmm. his interception also. Um, yeah, I, I, and it's know. funny. He,
0: he actually said to me, I'm going like, to... We had spoken with him uh, after we, we found out he was not going to be the uh, Eastern nominee for Most Outstanding Player. And his first thought was, I got to do better. I'm like, I don't see how you could do better. I mean, nothing against Qantas, Stiggers from the Argos, who is going to be the, uh, the nominee. But I don't see how... What you did this year was nothing short of outstanding. He said, well, I'm going to bring it in the playoffs. I can promise you that. And boy, howdy, did he mm-hmm. ever.
1: Yeah. My agreed. God. Um, Obviously, there are still some things at the Alouettes. It's going to be tough, dude. I mean, they, we know we've already seen the schedule and we know what it's like, you know, being at your, your 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 very first, you know, great cup or even, you know, the Al's latest one. That's their first in 13 years. For mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, it's their very first championship. So, it's going to be an interesting week when it comes to practice. And, and by, you know, considering that the Alouettes had less than 200 yards of total offense, gave up almost 400 total yards of offense to the Toronto Argonauts, a lot of things have to be done on, on offense because, you know, even though Cody was consistently consistent, uh, the running game this week, uh, this past week, were really was non existent. I mean, C- Cody led the team in rushing.
0: So. Is- Will Standback did have a couple of nice runs, but I mean, at this point of the year, in a game like this, you gotta lean heavily on everybody offensively, including your 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 star running back like William Standback. You you gotta feed him more. You gotta give him the ball. You gotta give the ball to Joshua Nantui as well. You, he got you the gotta... ball out of
1: the backfield. To be fair, Standback got the ball out of the out, uh, out of the backfield on the screens, and he did a hell of a lot with his chances. Mm-hmm. But
0: again you know you you know winnipeg winnipeg so see that's it you got william stanbeck you know uh, a powerful veteran that is has done amazing things in this league in his relatively short time in the canadian football league going up against brady Oliveira, who i'm sorry to say will be the most outstanding canadian this year and don't be surprised if he also brings home the most outstanding player award as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he is that guy. He he truly has been a force to be reckoned with for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He on the ground he has done absolutely incredible things, and trying to keep up with him is easier said than done. And not only will this Montreal defense have uh, their hands full in trying to keep him honest, like they they did against AJ Olette and uh, James Butler in the Eastern semifinal, but this is a, this is a tough task. There's no question about that. And for stand back to try and match what Oliver is able to do. He, I'm not saying he can't do it, but he, he's got his work cut out for him as well. And uh, I sincerely hope that this Alouette team does not abandon the run. I hope they give their running backs the chance to make things happen. Because if you do more often than not, you will see great things out of, the the standbacks, the antwes yeah. and, if, if, and if he and if he ends up playing the Walter Fletchers too, I mean, they, yeah, they, they, by, are by probably... the way, the Argos, the Argos didn't give up on the run. They sure did, even didn't though have...
1: they're back by so much. That's that's the type of thing that needs to be followed again. It's going to be a very interesting week. Let's give some props here before we continue to to our guys here. Uh, Cody Fajardo was eighteen to twenty five, one hundred 175 one and one. Uh, Cody actually led the team in rushing. <laughs> this is where you know this is where one of the things that they need to. Need to improve on, but Cody picked his spots and, and uh, dude, I mean, five attempts for 38 yards. You can't complain. Uh, Jesuit Antwi ended up with 16 yards, uh, and a touchdown. Uh, William Stamick only had 15 yards on nine attempts. Uh, that's an average. For William Stamick to only have an average cliff. 1.7 mm. per rush. Things need to again, something that they need. They will. I am sure they will be working on this week. Uh, leading receiver for the Alouettes was uh Tyson Philpot, five receptions for 42 yards. Um stay we're talking about it before. Stambeck had three receptions, Cliff, three targets, 39 yards, his as longest as 25. Ooh. So that that's it that's they took advantage of, of that this is one of the things that we've mentioned before in the past for William Stambeck. He's improved so much over the past two years when it comes to catching passes out of the uh, his for, for him since he's come back He's been doing such a great job out of the out of the backfield when it comes to getting these screen passes. Uh, Austin Mack, thirty six yards, four receptions. Tyler Snead with a touchdown, great touchdown too. That was in, into coverage, but wow, he was like a super <laughs> spin move there on the uh, on the goal line. Three receptions, thirty one yards, and we can't forget talking about James Tuck. It really, you know, you see fifteen yards for James Tuck on the on the stat sheet, Cliff, but it really does not show how. Uh, you know, how his longest was 10, 10 yards, those 10, he was stopped for a gain of three, but was able to extend it and continue the owls drive by getting
0: another eight and, and extending the owls drive. So, yeah, he, he, he got the tuck luck, as they say, it's, uh. Uh, I mean, the guy and the guy is just, it's like a piece of iron. Like you, you almost don't want to hit this guy because he's just so tough. And, like he 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 will grind out and get those yards, and you can't you can't ask for more from your fullback. Like just to get those those dirty yards, you know, like that's you know, it's not pretty, but he he finds a way to make it look almost poetic. Like that's mm-hmm. just the kind of guy he. I mean, like a solid veteran presence. I mean, this is a guy that's bounced around the league uh, a little bit. Uh, started with the Alouettes and likely going to finish his career with the Alouettes. And what better way to finish? this career is incredible career of yours then with a great cup ring. And yeah. if he's involved in the game and I have a feeling he will be, uh, I could definitely see him making one or two plays that truly really do helps push things in
1: Montreal's favor. Yeah. I'm really curious. Again, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. I think the owls are lucky to come. I think relatively unscathed. We do know that Sean Lemon went down, uh, ish. So ish. It, it, yeah, ish. So uh, yeah, I'm still curious to see what, but yeah, you know, you know, and we know everybody's dinged up at this time of the year, you know, so we're, we're and every, by the way, I know it's November, but have you noticed that all these Alouettes are rock, are, are starting to rock these stashes? I love it. <laughs> I mean, it is November. So. I know. I love it, man. I really do. Um, any, any last words before we talk about what we're going to be doing at Grey Cup and, and talk about the, uh, the upcoming matchup uh, for Grey Cup 110 versus the Bombers?
0: I, I I just got to say this. This victory was like nothing we would have ever, could have possibly imagined. Yes, we thought the Elwets could win. We thought the Elowitz should win. Did we think they would win? We thought there was a possibility, but we knew it was going to be tough. It, and you take a look at what the Argos have done, and you got to give them full marks. I mean, they had a hell of a season. As I said, Chad Kelly truly has become a great quarterback. And they're going to have him for years to come. And I think that's, if you're an Argos fan, you got to be feeling good about the fact that, okay, didn't get the job done. We're not going to repeat as great cup champions, but Mm -hmm. this is still a hell of a team. Very well put together, very well coached for the most part. Although, like I said, this, this past Saturday, let's not, let's take this past Saturday out of the equation. It was just a bad day at the office for the Argos. That's really what it came down to. Like I, I don't want to think that they, they were looking past Montreal. I don't be, I, I, I don't want to believe that. I just think that they thought, okay, well, we got to play this game, but if we keep doing what we normally do, we will get the W. I just don't think they, they – I think they expected the all to give them a fight, but not a fight like this. Like this was mm-hmm. beyond anyone's comprehension. And all these so-called experts, all the naysayers, all the doubters, the haters, I'm sure they were watching this game with – their jaws on the floor. They just could not believe this. This Alouette's team, this band of misfit toys, was able to do this to the defending Grey Cup champions. And get only their second win at BMO Field ever. I know. I, I, I mean, that that's mind-blowing. Of, of, for this team, like the Argos went 9-0 this year at home. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. But... You know, but,
1: we, it, but, but, but but this year, Cliff, and I'm. I think you'll know exactly where I'm taking this from. But this year, the Alouettes were the one in nine, and
0: one at the end of the day. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and what a feeling! Like like when that when that clock hit zero, and you're just like, I. I I was truly in shock. I I mean, it like this really happened. This really happened. Mm -hmm. The Alouettes are going to the gray cup. Holy crap. Like 13
1: years, dude, by the way, everybody is already mentioning that 13 years. AC number 13. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've Mm -hmm. already seen that mentioned one few times already.
0: Yeah. Um, And, and, And there are Grey cup winners in, in this, on this roster. There are guys here that know how to win football games. There are guys that Mm -hmm. know how to win championships. And that's going to be crucial. We're going to, we'll talk about that shortly. But I mean, like, the, this team does have championship experience. They have been to this dance before, they just haven't been to this dance as alouettes. So that's going to be a very, very interesting wrinkle that we're going to be discussing, no doubt, over the next couple of days.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we are taping this, uh, uh, both teams have just recently landed in. Uh, in Hamilton, so there's a lot more to come. Practice will be will be coming up this week, and um, we'll talk about what how we're going to be a part of about a part of, part of Grey Cup week. But uh, to start this game, this matchup uh, that's going to be on Sunday, Cliff. Um, you know, the early lines currently have uh, the Bombers favored by seven and a half. Um, which which Sounds is deserved, different. which is yeah, which is deserved, and I think I think you I think I think when we were talking on the way back on the car ride back, I think that's what, I think you were saying about five to seven, and so you're pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, we did find out, as much as t- to our chagrin, that we we wish it was gonna be something else. We did find out that the Alouettes, uh, being the designated home team uh, this uh, this Grey Cup, that uh, they are gonna be wearing their uh, all blues, so mm-hmm. they're gonna be wearing blue top, blue pants. And uh, obviously the bombers are gonna go their blue pants and white white jersey. So gold pants, white jersey. Uh is a gold pants, white jersey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um but again, there's a lot I, honestly there're gonna be platitudes all week. You know, this team is great. You know what they've done is fantastic. Da 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 da. Um it's gonna be a very interesting game, needless to say, uh come Sunday because uh, you know, it's phase three for the Alouettes. It's phase three. They, they, know, if you saw some of the post game stuff, they know they're not done. They know no. that they, they know they're not done at all.
0: So. No, the only thing they, a, a lot of people would say, the only thing you've won is the opportunity to work again. Another work week, mm-hmm. which ultimately leads to the goal, the, which is what everybody's fighting for. Like, this is what you, you, when you came to training camp this, this past May, the goal was to be here. Well, they Hamilton, I should say. to be playing in this Grey Cup championship game. And they did it. The Yellow did exactly what they had planned that they were going to do. And now they're representing the East. And it's crazy to think. They'll be taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And this is the first time. Incredible to think. 110 Grey Cup games in a nine-team league. And this is the first time in history that the Blue Bombers and the Yellow will be competing for the Grey Cup. I mean, that's... It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, there are a lot of stories for this. I mean, this is, this will be the Bombers' fourth straight
1: uh, trip to the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I can't say four
0: consecutive years because it is not four consecutive years. No. Um, and this is actually going to be their second Grey Cup that they played in Hamilton. Oh, my God. You're right. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, COVID, for the...
1: Uh, yeah. You know. But, oh, speaking of, speaking of Princefield... You did bring up an interesting that you, that you mentioned on the uh, on uh, Flight Deck Live uh,
0: about the Owls and uh, and Tim Hortons Field. And what
1: what was that? Uh, what was that little tidbit?
0: Oh, that they in, in twenty twenty three they are undefeated at Tim Hortons Field with a perfect two and zero record, and one would have to say that maybe just maybe they go three and zero because. One thing, if if we learn nothing else in twenty twenty three, is that if you invite the Alouettes to play at Tim Hortons Field, they're going to walk away with the W. So that bodes extremely well. If you're if you're thinking, can the Alouettes do it? Like, well, I mean, stats don't lie, right?
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game, and obviously you will have to stay tuned to our social socials throughout the week. Um, but again, it's just so. Early Cliff, we already know what the Alouettes need to what, what the Iowa's need to concentrate on. It's very similar to what it was in the Toronto game, the running game. You know, if they can do what 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 they did to Ouellette the past two out of three games, they bode very uh, and going up against oh man their quarterback. You know, nothing take can't, can't take anything away from Chad Kelly, but man, but still, you know, Zach Caleros, man. He is. It, it, it's gonna be an interesting, interesting game. So many
0: different storylines for this game. Yeah, I mean, both these teams, I'd say, are defensively. I I, I would go so far to say they're evenly matched. Offensively, both teams have incredible tools. Both teams have some explosive playmakers. But who's gonna be able to put it together better? And that could very well be the difference in this game. And I mm-hmm. mean, there, there's definitely a lot to break down. There's a lot of stuff that will be discussing throughout the week it's there's a lot to take in and i I, one thing that i i I, again it is still early but one thing i have seen so far is not a lot of people if they're predicting winnipeg they're not expecting it to be a blowout like they're expecting winnipeg will win but it'll be in a, a very competitive match like i think now the alouettes are finally getting the respect that they deserve i think after what they did to the argos like i don't think anyone's thinking it was luck because Clearly, if you watch that Eastern Eastern final, the Alouettes were not lucky in that game. They were just good. And they were good from start to finish. Like they set the tone early and didn't let up. They did they didn't yield anything in this game. Yeah. And you're essentially gonna have to do the same thing to Winnipeg, which easier said than done. But now that narrative about yeah, the Alouettes, they can beat all the loser teams, but they can't beat the top tier teams. Well, guess what? The Alouettes not only beat a top-tier team this past Saturday, they beat arguably the top-tier team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You beat the best that this league has to offer. You sent them packing. Now you got to go and do it against arguably the second-best team that this league has to offer. It's not going to be any easier, but it's a challenge, and I think the ups are, are up for this challenge. I think they're, they're looking at this saying – we're ready for this. We want the smoke. We want, we want to prove ourselves against the best. We've already beaten the best and we want to keep beating the best. And it, if they go in with that mindset, anything can happen. I, I, yeah, I on- it's, it, 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 it's, it's way too early for predictions and I'm oh, yeah, not really wanting yeah. to do predictions either, but, I, no, but they- I, I look at this team and I look at what they've been able to accomplish this year. and, it's been nothing short of phenomenal, and I, I think Winnipeg is going to realize that if they haven't realized it now, I think they're going to realize it very, very quickly this week. Yeah, uh, Coach Moss keeps talking about the grade eight,
1: you know, it keep keep more references to that 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 logo that 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 they have sworn by this year, and what mm-hmm. is within that, you know, continuous props to the city, to the province, to the four two five, to you know what I mean? It's 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 just. Again, yeah, again it's way too way too early to do anything to make any predictions. But we can predict what we're
0: going to be doing in Hamilton. Can't we not Cliff? We sure can. And very very excited and pleased to announce that the Montreal, the, the Alouettes flight deck will be very well represented at Grey Cup. Uh very very pleased to be given media credentials in order to attend press conferences, practices, other media events. Uh, I'm planning to be there. And I want to get as much information and ask the the, the questions from everybody involved, and bring it all to you, the great listeners of this podcast, I, I want to inform and entertain each and every one of you. And this like I'll be there as of Wednesday to get things going, and then Tim will be joining me for the weekend, and we kick things even further into high gear. I've got a lot of plans for this podcast for this coming week, and folks, I'm telling you right now, you you better be subscribed, you better be following <laughs> us, you you better be dialed in, you better hit that notification bell or whatever it is that lets you know when new stuff is coming. Because trust you me there will be a lot of content coming your way from the Alouettes flight deck, and we want you to be a part of it. We're doing this for you. We want you on board. We, we, I, I kind of jokingly said, you know what? Bandwagon for the Alouettes is closed. You can't jump on now after you crapped all over this team throughout the year. You can't just decide now. You want to support the Alouettes? No. If you if you weren't with us from the get-go, sorry, bandwagon's closed. But you're free to follow us here whether it's on the social media, on YouTube, what have you, we are going to be bringing the content. We are going to be bringing you as much as as we possibly can when it comes to this Alwes team as they prepare to play in the 110th Grey Cup game. We want you folks along for the ride because I promise you, Tim and I are going to be bringing it. And win or lose, we're going to be at the game and we are going to make sure that everybody sees this game from our perspective. Yeah, and win or or
1: lose too, you can make sure that you will see uh, the next episode of Flight Deck Live. That's one thing we can make it. That's one thing we can promise too. So,
0: yeah, and in fact, don't be surprised, folks, if we just decide to do a a very impromptu Flight Deck Live just right there on the spot. As I said, make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you get that notification because when we go live, we want you there, and we, we we. we we don't want to, we don't want you being caught by surprise we're letting you know right now we're planning to bring as much content to you as possible so make sure you're on board with us exactly so uh
1: again we appreciate you we appreciate we, uh, we thank you for for joining us this season um it is not over yet uh we still have a couple more a couple more weeks to go in our broadcast season but uh, you know like like the owls we're just going to go from week to week We're just gonna go from week to week, so we got
0: uh, got one one and zero each week. (laughs) Exactly. So I I don't know um, how you go one and zero with a podcast, but we're gonna go. We we've been going one and zero, and we're gonna keep that. We're gonna keep this party going at least one more week. Exactly. Exactly. So uh,
1: again, stay tuned to all of our socials uh, as it's gonna be a very busy week. Uh, Again, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Make sure you hit the bell button uh, for notifications from when we do go live. Um, So. Cliff, have a safe trip. I will see you and the rest of uh, the CFL family come this weekend as we are there to uh, celebrate and also to uh, uh, to support uh, the Alouettes in their quest to win the 110th Great Cup. So, for everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck, for Cliff D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach.